0: Last time on License to Parent.
1: I had a sister also who was uh, quite strong. She would say, June, quit deferring, quit deferring to me. You know, she would ask, what kind of food do you want? And I, whatever you want, whatever you want. And I learned, the more we get, just give in, give in, the more we are disrespected. And this is exactly what the Bible says in Galatians 1.10. Am I now trying to win the approval of people or of God? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be the servant of Christ.
0: Resolving conflicts does not mean just trying to get along. Author, teacher, and radio show host June Hunt has learned that and joins us again to continue our conversation on her book, Conflict Resolution, Solving Your People Problems. That's today on Licensed to Parent. Well, welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long, wilderness-based, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, and by extension, their families. Our host on Licensed to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trey Simbry, and I'm Rich Rossell. And we're talking today with June Hunt, host of Hope for the Heart, an award-winning half-hour teaching broadcast. And Hope in the Night is a live two-hour call-in counseling program that helps people untie their tangled problems with biblical hope and practical help. Now, June, as you also know, is founder and CSO of Hope for the Heart Ministries. Uh, She also developed Counseling Through the Bible, which is a scripturally-based counseling course addressing approximately 100 topics like marriage and parenting, depression and anger, stress and suicide, and incidentally, those 100 biblical counseling keys were the foundation for the 2002 creation of the Biblical Counseling Institute, or BCI, initiated by the Criswell College, and each year, June leads about 20 BCI conferences. She's written numerous books, including one we discussed last year, Bonding with Your Teen Through Boundaries, and uh, the the one that we're going to be talking about today is called Conflict Resolution, Solving Your People Problems. And by the way, just as we get back into the conversation, uh, June, my my wife and I, for the first years of our marriage, didn't handle conflicts well at all. First of all, we thought we weren't having conflicts, but um, <laughs> and we realized, in fact, we were. But, but there were a number of times where um, we would be deciding to do something, and I'd say... Um, You know, well, you know, I kind of like this. What do you think? And she would always defer to whatever I thought. And I thought she was agreeing with me and later found out (laughs) during a more heated conversation (laughs) that, no, she hadn't been at all, but she just thought that, that it was her role to let me take the lead. And, you know, I said, God gave you to me as my best counsel. That's why I keep asking for your counsel. So that was—I mean, we—we've had other conflicts as well, but that was one where we really missed the boat, and it—it uh, kind of derailed our marriage for a while, and took us a while to figure out how to how to live life together the right way. Yeah. So, yes, yes, got to be
2: yes, no, got to be no. <laughs>
0: this is a very important uh, conversation that we're having today. When it comes to conflict,
2: June. Um, How important is the element of forgiveness? I want to ask you how forgiveness plays into conflict resolution, uh, how important that is, and how can we best position ourselves to genuinely forgive when we're kind of hanging on to things?
1: Well, first of all, many people uh, don't even understand what it means to forgive. Uh, Some people think it just means being a doormat. It means being uh, a weak martyr. I'm giving you actual words that have been said to me. The word forgive means release. And, oh, by the way, I was one of those who thought forgiveness was totally wrong. Uh, it wasn't fair. That means you're letting them off the hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how can that be responsible? Because then uh, there's nothing to keep them from just doing it again.
2: No justice.
1: Yeah, so... so. Uh, Uh, And then, uh, as I became uh, familiar with what the Bible said, uh, there was no exception clause given. In Colossians 3.13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Mm -hmm. But with my understanding, or my logic, because I'm rational, logical, and uh, it just didn't seem logical to forgive. And so I didn't get the concept at all. So your question is actually a wise question, because there are going to be a lot of people like me and, uh, who, who, who don't think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yet, once you understand that word release, it means release, uh, what happens is you're not letting a person off the hook. You're taking them off of your hook, mm. putting them onto God's hook. Mm-hmm. You're releasing them from you, so that if you if you were to put in a burlap bag uh, a boulder for every single offense, now you're <laughs> for, for the person that you're really opposed to, where there's a, a big conflict. You know, every offense that that gets weighty, you're talking about. Um, 100 pounds, uh, 150 pounds, but well, you weren't designed to carry that weight around your neck mm-hmm. the rest of your life.
2: Is this why uh, the Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay? <laughs>
1: uh, this is a, a where he says, yeah, once you give it to him, mm-hmm. he is the one who says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. In other words, don't do vengeful acts. That's my job. Right. And That's I told you I, I was stunned when I realized I was wrong and I uh I thought and I thought I was just two percent wrong. Dad was ninety eight and then, you know, God let me know you are then responsible for your two percent. <laughs> and so I went to him and I said, um, uh, Dad, I realize I've never thanked you for a roof over my head. For food on the table and books for school, I have been an ungrateful daughter. Would you forgive me? Mm-hmm. And he looked up from a newspaper, and he just had this unusual response. The pleasure was all mine, and I thought, What? That's that? And it. it and then he went right back to the newspaper, and I, I thought. Uh. I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, he he wasn't com, uh, combative or anything, but it just didn't sound normal. Well, all, I, and I didn't even think about it until much later. I noticed our relationship somehow changed. He wouldn't be as biting mm-hmm. toward me, and I, I, I didn't understand that it could have something to do with my asking forgiveness for my part of it. Now, he never asked forgiveness, but... What was imperative was I was responsible for my percent, mm-hmm. and um, that and once I did that, I actually hated him. I, I even I know I was just fourteen, but I planned his death. I thought I can do this. I can do this, and uh, you know, I talked with a friend who uh, a friend's father who was a lawyer, and I said, what if a boy did? And I painted this picture of a boy, and of course it was me. And uh, I thought, okay, I can make it to age 18. I I don't mind being in some juvenile detention whatever, you know, because I'll be released at age 18 at the time. That's that's what I was told. I thought, I'll do this. And um, I presented it to Mom, (laughs) and she said, Honey, that really won't be necessary. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but that won't be necessary. (laughs) And I thought, shoot. The wisdom (laughs) of mom.
2: Well, you should have thanked your dad for helping you lay the groundwork for a global ministry.
1: Well, oh, oh, and what I learned, and what I learned through the odd, just all these negative experiences. It's given me compassion for others. And so, well, one thing, you know, you do is uh, you look beyond the fault and see the need. Because that's what I saw my mom doing. I thought, how could she be so nice? She was looking beyond the fault. She said, honey, and I never will forget her words, he doesn't know the Lord. If he only knew the Lord, he wouldn't be that way. Mm. And that's what changed me right there. Though so that one sentence, it changed my whole paradigm. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she's not focusing on the fault. And so I began to try to think, okay, what can I do? Uh, well, if we are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute them, um, I wasn't praying for them, but the, but the loving, what could be most loving? What could I do that would be most loving? Uh, love is the agape love. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a, the feeling of the uh, Valentine's love. We're not talking right. about that. So, so what could I do? And so I began to look for things that could be meaningful to him, and just do it. And you um, know, I remember one night uh, he was—he would always yell out, "Where's my address book? Where's my address book?" And he would call people. Um, Because he had his own business of hundreds of people, and so um, he wanted his address book. Okay, so I remember I I thought ahead of time I'll find it so that I'll know where it is, and so he did that this night at the at the dinner table, and I said, "Uh, Dad, I know where it is. I'll be happy to go get it. And I just slipped out of my seat, ran, got the book. I mean, sorry, the the address book, and uh, I just laid it at. His side, and you know, I think his teeth fell out, and <laughs> they were chattering. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with this nice daughter <laughs> who yeah. had changed.
2: Keeping but, hot coals on his head, weren't you?
1: You know, it really was my responsibility. I'm the one who had become a Christian, and I was not representing in any way the love of Christ. Hmm. I was just focusing on the fault, yeah. and that is not what Jesus did. That's right. He, he would look at. Someone caught in adultery, and he would look beyond the fault and see the need. And that's the thing that we've been drawn to Jesus yeah. about. It was the way he loved.
2: But I think there's a point to be made here. Uh, there, there are a lot of distorted ideas about forgiveness, namely that forgiveness naturally means restoration. Can you share how a person, uh, you know, whether it's the parent or the child, can genuinely forgive the other and be reconciled with the other? Yet a complete restoration of that relationship may not actually be possible, or even wise if it were possible. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, a situation of sexual abuse where maybe uh, uh, one sibling really shouldn't be uh, in the vicinity, of another, or, or right. you know, our babysitter, uh, the weird uncle, uh, you know, molest my kids. You know, that guy can, I can be reconciled with the weird uncle, but that, that guy's never going to, uh, sit my kids this side of heaven.
1: Well, I think the issue is there are many people who will refuse to forgive if they think that forgiveness and reconciliation are the same. They are not your case in point. If there's a pedophile, uh, you are to forgive you you're to release that person from you put that person onto god's hook uh if rec- reconciliation is different because it means a change of mind about the offender with a change of conduct a change of behavior
2: yeah i mean it might mean we agree to go our separate ways uh uh, but to, re- to be totally restored to a babysitting position, I mean...
1: No, that would not be appropriate. Right. And we, th- in that we're told bad company corrupts good character, yeah. So you don't put loved ones in harm's way. Right. And uh, the Bible even says... Uh, and this is important, a lot of people are, they just submit to domestic violence mm-hmm. thinking that they're being loyal, thinking they're doing what God wants them to do when instead the Bible says do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Mm-hmm. Do not associate with one easily angered. So you have a biblical right to move out of harm's way. That's Proverbs twenty-two twenty-four. For those who need to write this down, that's Proverbs twenty-two twenty-four. Mm-hmm. And, you know, The Bible also says a hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you'll have to do it again. Mm -hmm. So you don't just give in when there is someone who uh, has excessive anger, uh, someone who's violent, um, because, first of all, they won't respect you because they they know it's wrong. But if you're just constantly giving in, then you're just going to be viewed as nothing, Mm -hmm. as as, as uh, one to totally discount, so you have to hold to a biblical principle, you move out of harm 's way, and you help others move out of harm 's way and because again it 's biblical it 's right yeah. to do that and and then um, you you live with principle and but at the same time we are called um, you know, Jesus was extraordinary because he loved the unlovable. Now, love means that he had a commitment to do what's in the best interest of another person. That's what agape love means. That's the highest form of love. It is a love that seeks the highest and good of the other person. And so you, if you are in a relationship with someone like this, look for what would be meaningful to That person who opposes you. And then, you know, pray for the right timing. Find a way to give a sincere compliment to your opposer. Uh, Look for a positive character trait and and with a sincere compliment at an appropriate time. It's, I've noticed how effectively you, and it could be, you know, um, worked for this purpose. Uh, and, and what happens is people are also um, uh, like porcupines, where if, if you come and attack them, then their porcupine quills go up, mm-hmm. and they're, they're perceiving you're a threat. And so the wise words of finding something that is genuine, that you can say that you, you admire, and then we're told to repay uh you don't repay evil for evil but uh repay your opposer's evil with good there could be some act of kindness uh don't rush to it don't be desperate but uh commit to God that you will not act negatively uh but look for something of kindness Mm -hmm. like that's what Jesus did and um you know, empathize. Yeah. Learn about past hurts mm-hmm. and hardships. Sure. And just say, you know, that, that must have been very difficult.
2: Yeah. Oswald Chambers says, uh, you look at a person, you say, perfect in Jesus Christ. Perfect. And that's, that was Oswald Chambers' advice.
0: Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is June Hunt, founder of Hope for the Heart Ministries and host of the Hope for the Heart radio program as well as Hope in the Night. And June is also the author of numerous life-changing books, including the one we're talking about today, Conflict Resolution, Solving Your People Problems, available at christianbook.com. We'll be back with more conversation with June Hunt and our host, Trace Embry, right after this.
3: Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled, How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at licensedparent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund.
2: Hello, this is Dave Barton of Wall Builders. You know, history repeatedly validates the many benefits of an authentic biblical worldview. The licensed apparent radio broadcast helps restore that worldview back into the hearts and minds of today's parents, and Shepherd's Hill Academy successfully demonstrates that troubled teens and their parents can still experience the abundant life while being fully equipped to win back our culture to biblical truth. The Licensed to Parent Broadcast teaches timeless biblical principles and answers that are lived out every day at Shepherds Hill Academy. Both demonstrate that a biblical worldview provides guiding principles that work successfully every time they're
3: applied. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org.
0: Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. There you'll also find part one of our conversation with today's guest, June Hunt. June is founder and CSO of Hope for the Heart Ministries, and you'll also find today's and many other conversations from past broadcasts. Just click on 30-minute broadcasts when you visit LicensedToParent.org. And June, before we continue on, let, let's let back up and define what conflict is, because we all run into it, even when we think it's abnormal when it happens. So so how do you define conflict resolution, and why aren't most of us better at it? Well,
1: uh, conflicts, uh, which we would understand are, are these disagreements or struggles or even battles over opposing issues. So, People see things differently and are committed to different ways of living, and um, we shouldn't be surprised. Um, You're right on target there. We should all be used to it by now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And when he said that, it's not that we wouldn't obviously have the conflicts, but he promises a peace that passes all understanding, uh, as well as wisdom uh, to know how to go. The spirit of truth will guide us into all truth. So we really need wisdom in the area of conflict. Our conflict resolution can take place mm-hmm. if we're wise. Yeah.
2: Well, is it even possible to, to, to live without conflict? I mean, who, who doesn't?
1: Uh, everyone does, yeah, everyone does, so we shouldn 't be surprised in fact, there 's a fascinating scripture in uh, uh, first Peter. It says, "Do not be surprised at the painful trial you have as so though something strange were happening to mm-hmm. you, uh, and yet that 's what we say is, i can 't believe this i can 't believe he would say that i can 't believe she would do that <laughs> you know and, and and no, just believe expect it, but expect also that God is going to not only give you wisdom if you seek it and if you live according to His Word, uh, but also you're going to impact others in a positive way. And not that people always agree with you, but there can be uh, a reflection of the Spirit of Christ and the love of Christ. And there's a way to deal with the difficult people in our lives.
2: Uh, we're out of time. Uh, I've, I've got enough questions here for two more programs, but I, I want to ask you one more quick question. Actually, not a quick question, but maybe, maybe you can give me a quick answer. Um, I think a lot of parents have this notion that conflict with their kids means they aren't being good parents. What would you like to say to parents uh, as we close out the program uh, that would quell the notion that conflict with their kids doesn't make them bad parents? And what counsel do you offer parents who think that uh, it, it's somehow beneficial to avoid conflict at all costs?
1: I would say, first of all, Jesus was not a peace-at-all-cost person. Right. Never was he this way. So if you're wanting, actually, to be like Christ, if you want the character of Christ, don't be desperate for peace. Jesus even said, um, I did not come to bring peace, That's right. but a sword. Mm-hmm. And you think, what? Yeah, he's <laughs> called the Prince of Peace. Yeah, he's called the Prince of Peace. Well, what he does is he gives us peace. Right. But at times he he spoke the truth. The sword of truth is what he brought. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. So at times we need to present the truth. And this is, then you're being Christ-like. But he, he had the combination of truth and love. Mm-hmm. He spoke the truth in love. And parents, it's huge to understand boundaries, yeah. and, you know, you're not wanting to, to just do all negative consequences, and in fact, you say, you know, uh, son, when you chose to do this, uh, the repercussion is, you know, I, you, you lose the privilege of your phone for, right. Three days, for a week, or whatever it is, but something that's already established. And say, you know, son, I I don't really want to be taking your phone, or removing it, but uh, this was your choice, yeah. and I want you to earn the right to have it back as soon as possible. And I will help you. I mean, I, you know, but uh, I want you to have uh, relationships with friends. I want you to have friendships and and be with. Others, other, other kids. Uh, so you know, let's figure out how you can earn the right to get this back soon, mm-hmm. and and so so that they. It's like, well, but you've taken it. Yeah, but okay, but I but I want you know. They're, now they're interested in getting that back. So it really conflict is going to take place if you're in relationships uh, with family members. Um, with kids, because they 're not going to agree yet what you will see is they will respect you all the more mm-hmm. when they see that you are a man or woman of integrity. Mm-hmm. The Bible says the integrity of the upright guides them, mm-hmm. but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity so don 't say one thing at one time and then do another D- don't don 't do that or you will lose credibility among those in your family. Instead, be purposeful and understand how you draw the line. If the other person chooses to cross the line, that's what they have chosen. And you know that the, the negative repercussions, uh, they're not going to want them, and so they need to earn the privilege back that they lost for a period of time. Uh, and you can help them with that. That is a wise way to parent. Yeah.
0: June Hunt is the author of the book we've been fighting over today, Conflict Resolution: <laughs> Solving Your Young People Problems, available at christianbook.com. You can learn more about June and her ministry, Hope for the Heart, uh, and the radio programs by that name at hopefortheheart.com. And June, thanks so much for carving out some time in your busy schedule yes, to be yeah. with us today.
1: It's a joy to be with you all. I know you're real. I uh, The people that you help are very blessed to be uh, in earshot and be in your presence. Well, thank
0: mm-hmm. you, ma'am. God bless you. Thanks so much. Thank you. And this is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Remember, by the way, that the work we do here on License to Parent is merely an extension of the work done every day inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill Academy, which is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Now, you can help that work continue with your tax-deductible gift in any amount. Your gift goes directly to helping families who can't afford residential care get the help they need for a teen who, well, as we've said before, may be one step away from the grave or from jail. And you can give securely online when you visit us at LicensedToParent.org and click on the Donate button. Again, that's LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your license to Parent.
2: And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.